Oh, it's you again. <laughs> <laughs> one you, can't, of these, you can't go without me tormenting you. One of these days, one of these days. <laughs> well, how are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I'm excellent. And yourself? I am grand on this Thursday evening. <laughs> Still in, for the most part, isolation. Out only occasionally. Out on only occasionally. You know, it's fine. I'll survive. I know it's you who can't live without me. So, you know, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't been out much either. <laughs> I still do all my grocery shopping with uh, Click and Pick from or uh, Kroger. Oh, nice. You know, a lot of people, we use Instacart a lot. You know, Instacart's very good. Yeah. Have a little monthly subscription, I think. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like See, I live so far out, nobody delivers to me. I have to go pick it up myself. You know, I told you, if you should move out of them farms you're living in, then maybe. Nope. <laughs> Less that? Corona out here. <laughs> <laughs> Less Corona. I can't stand it. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to another episode of the Real Solution Podcast. I am your woo, woo. host, Brandon, and our lovely redhead. It's just us this evening. One of these days I'll get more co-hosts because I am just so sick. I mean, excuse me, did I say that? I'm sorry. Um, it's great to have you. <laughs> yep, you're sick, all right. <laughs> <laughs> So, so sick. I Listen, I am as healthy as a horse. Thank you. <laughs> a stallion. Well, oh. there's a lot going on in the world. <laughs> you, are, you are terrible. <laughs> Just so shame. There is, um, well, there's a lot going on, and we haven't done one of these in a while, so it's going to be a lovely, open conversation. Let's just catch up on the world. What's first for us? The world is still going crazy over coronavirus. Coronavirus. But it is, I'm glad to to see that things are opening back up. Um, I know a lot of people are on separate ends of the spectrum. You know, from the very beginning, I was against closing everything down. I just because you're messing with people's livelihoods, and you know, now you get your government stepping in, telling you what to do, and yeah, I just I don't agree with that. I think that we're adults. I think there should have been a lot more education about this thing, and you know, I'll agree. In the beginning, I said this in past episodes, I probably didn't take this as seriously as it kind of was. But on the flip side, I think I the statistics showed that we have been, um, what's a good word for it? Scammed. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it, I think we all probably were in the same boat when they first started and not really paying it any mind, but that's because there were other people above us doing underhanded BS and kind of manipulated things. So we really weren't paying attention. And then when it got to the level that it did simply because people were not doing their part initially, 
then that's when everyone got a little frantic about things. Um, I'm still not for things opening. I think it's way too soon. There's a lot of history and a lot of research people are not paying attention to. This is very similar to the Spanish flu. You've got China saying they're about to go on another lockdown because they're seeing an increase right now. And here we are trying to open up the world on our end. So I'm still not for things opening at this rate. Um, and in some well, places, here would people be... are not following the rules. Well, and, and, and you know what? I get that. But here, let me play devil's advocate. You know I do that very well. You love to. You got your horns up. I can already tell. <laughs> got, got my little... Anyways, let me... <laughs> <laughs> There's not even an angel on one side. It's just two devils. <laughs> Sometimes. But what is this? Tell me what you think this is going to fit. What is keeping everything closed going to fix? Keeping everything closed. So it should deter people from being in groups that they should not be in, which will not be, I was going to say not be conducive, which will not enable an increase in spread. That's what you want to decrease. But unfortunately, if we continue, at, at least in my opinion, if things begin to reopen in the manner at which as if we're going back to normal and you still have cases out there or these spikes of cases out there, I mean, just think about the transfer rate at which people come into contact with other people. You know, I may be around five of my friends then they have jobs. So then that's more people that they may be in contact. I mean, that spread rate can happen at an exponential rate. And so I, I'm, I'm just, to me, it's about keeping it reduced until you make sure you have a way to contain it. And by contain, I mean, uh, what's the word? Take care of it with, you know, medicine or a vaccine or whatever it is they're going to create for it. You know, okay. People are trying so we have flu vaccines. Mm -hmm. How effective are they? You know, I'm the wrong person to talk about this because I don't take flu vaccines. Okay, well, but no, then that's that's probably even a better thing, um, because even if you get a flu vaccine, you know, I never got them until we had this grandbaby coming, mm -hmm. and they had us go through the series the Tdap and flu shot and all of that because babies don't have a big immune system and he was coming in the middle of flu season because I never got flu shots before. Gotcha. Um, but even if you get a flu shot every year, even my daughter, she got a flu shot and still got the flu because the flu shot is only as good as the last year's flu strains. Mm-hmm. These vaccines do not eradicate the flu. They just either right. make it less likely that you get it. And if you if it's one of last year's strains, it keeps you from getting those. Right. Um, I, my thought on the coronavirus is this. We're not by keeping everything locked down and closed down all this time. The biggest accomplish accomplishment that we have made is annihilating our economy. Mm -hmm. the, the death rate, 
and when you know we were talking earlier when you look at the statistics we've not reached any of the levels that they expected us to nationwide only in your big cities and those cities really i i to me is because they just haven't handled it very well mm -hmm. um i did have a eye opener um, listening to another podcast a while back, what flattening the curve meant. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a proper view of what flattening the curve was because my thought is flattening the curve is that we are trying to eradicate it or get rid of it. Right. You know, I don't think, I mean, coronavirus exists, so I don't think it'll completely be eliminated. Well, and I'm going to um, blow your mind here in a minute. Oh, please do. Please do. But, you know, go ahead with your thought there. Um, you're right. I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah, I don't, you know, coronavirus, <laughs> that's when we first started, I definitely pointed out that this wasn't new. I mean, you could have looked down the back of a Lysol can and it'll say it's some that you use Lysol to kill coronavirus. Like, but that wasn't new, but this is a different strain. But uh, you know what misconception people thought about that labeling on the back of Lysol and Clorox wipes? Wow, they changed the labeling fast. Oh my God, people, wake up. Yeah. <laughs> it was already there. You just weren't reading it and you weren't aware of it. Right. Um, yeah, coronavirus was not new. Now, you know, the speculations go that this particular strain was man-made. Do you agree or disagree with that? That it was man-made? Yes. Well, let me give you a couple <laughs> of little statistics here. I didn't like the way that sounded. Well. <laughs> well. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer your question to me with a question. You know, okay. was it man-made? I don't know. But here's a speculative thing. Well, it's not even speculative. I actually heard this today on somebody's podcast, um, went out, did some research. Um, Bill Gates, I actually listened to a podcast today by a gentleman of Victor J. Morrow, M-O-R-R-O-W. Don't know if you've heard of him or not. Um, he was doing a podcast around the coronavirus and a lot of the statistics that have been given to us that have been inflated. Um, Candace Owens talks about this too, that. Oh, wait, pause. You would be so proud of me. I finally listened to Candace Owens. Oh my gosh. That only took a year and a half. <laughs> I did. Now I checked out some older episodes from her podcast the Candace Owens show, um, specifically the episode with Mario Lopez. And I, there was one other episode I listened to. Um, and what I will say on that is that so far from what I know, it's very middle ground for me. She did speak on things that I agreed with, um, but she's definitely conservative and way opposite in. And I'm just like, to me, it was a push and pull with her podcast. I was like, oh, I'm with you there. That's right. I'm 100%. And then she would say something and go down the rabbit hole. And I was like, I, you lost me. 
So I don't really know how I feel yet, but FYI, that did happen. Go listen. <laughs> you do need to go listen to some of her stuff where she's out on the college campus. I think I, I think that will relate place. with you a whole lot more because you're still in that college frame of mind, college years, things like that. Um, she is very conservative, um, but and I like it that she she backs her stuff up with statistics. Now, see what I listened to in that episode. There were not any statistics. She only backed up information from her own experience and personal, like herself, which I did not agree with. But I don't know if what the conversation they were having warranted statistics, so I can't really speak on that. Right. Um, because I need sometimes you need more things behind it, not just this is how I feel. You know, you can point out something like that. But um, I, I do. I need to listen to more of her. But I thought that would. I thought that'd be I, good. Everyone knows that. I have had Candace Owens instructions for a long time. A long time. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I finally did. I'm proud of you. Finally, breakthrough. <laughs> I am. Listen, I hear breaking rules, baby. <laughs> well, like I said, go to some of the where there. It's her and Charlie Kirk with the group Turning Point, that is on exactly. the college campus, um, and they discuss a lot of of things and they give statistics. Um, and so, yeah, listen to some of those because I think that's something that you and I can visit on this show, too. One thing I did will say, I do, she definitely stated in that particular episode I listened to, which was from 2019, I believe, with Mario Lopez. She was definitely on the same page of, I merely am trying to have conversations. I'm not about to name call you. I'm not about to yell at you. You're not going to do it to me and disrespect me, but. I welcome you on this show to have a conversation. And if our views are different, then so be it. And I, she stated that from her own lips. And I said, you know what? I can at least say she's probably the first person on that end of the spectrum um, next to your redheaded evilness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can say, oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Um, I can say she, I mean, one of the first people I've only heard say that. And, you know, that's, that's an important piece of this. People want to yell and, spit their own fire and I'm like that's not what it's about I'm not gonna argue with you we're not children that's not my communication style and my my I enjoyed that well good because my thought you know you and I made that commitment in the beginning we're not we're not going to we're not gonna have people on here that do no name calling no belittling none of that and what I if I don't agree with something that you or someone that we've had on the show with us or interviewing, if they say something that I don't necessarily agree with, it's okay to say, oh, you know, I don't know about that. But you know me, the redhead goes back and starts doing some research. Right. Yep. Go back, find out what you can find out, and let's bring it up again. Exactly. Love it. Well, and so this... Get your pens and papers out because, as Brandon brought up a few minutes ago, the coronavirus is here to stay. Well, if apparently, if you go out, Bill Gates had this conversation at I don't know where he was. It's been a while back. Um, but it came out that Pure Bright Institute has a patent on coronavirus then you can go out and you can locate it on Google Patents. The date of the patent was 2014. What the hell? 
I, I told you, I, that's how I was. I was like, I had to go back and reread and look at this stuff because this patent on coronavirus was 2014. And then like we just said, you know, a lot of people think coronavirus just showed up this year on the back of your Clorox wipes and your Lysol and your, your disinfecting wipes. Coronavirus has been a topic for a while. And for a company, Pure Bright Institute got a patent on coronavirus. Now, I still need to do some other research because I don't know exactly how Bill Gates and them, I don't know if they funded this institute or whatever, but they also played um, where he actually did a speech. We talk about the New World Order. I'm sure you, I, I, this is a, a recent term to me. Um, I've had friends who've brought it up to me, who've sent it to me through Facebook or Twitter or even my personal email, because I know these guys, um, about the New World Order and the deep state and things like that. Well, I'm pretty naive, guys, so I have to and still have lots of research to do on these. But this particular um, speech that Bill Gates was giving, and you can go out and you can find this. I was on Bing.com and I simply searched um, Bill Gates in the coronavirus interview. And I just happened to click on Victor Morrow's podcast and listen to because he was playing actual clips. Um, Bill Gates was talking about vaccines and you know this has been uh, especially with the coronavirus he's been on the um, talk show circuit and the interview circuit um, all these different places talking about um, his foundations and the coronavirus and how we've got to get ahead of it and this and that. So now your conspiracy theorists have labeled him that they think he created this virus. I don't know that he necessarily created it. In a lot of the research I've done, I have found where um, Gates and Soros have spent lots of money on vaccine research and viruses. Um, do you know the lab that they they have been notably funding? Guess where it's located? Where is it located? Wuhan, China. Oh. So in this speech that he was making, he said, and like I said, you can go out on the internet, you can look this up and listen to it yourself. Um, he said that population right now is 6.8 billion and it's going to go easily to 9 billion people. Now, if we do a good job with new vaccines, good health care, reproductive health care, we can lower that by 10 to 15 percent. Mm, so population. There you go. Um, a lot of people think that that that's their big thing is vaccines 
to lower the population. So we come back to the question you asked me, do I think that this was a man-made virus? Not necessarily. And the only reason I say that, because I listened to a news program today, one of the briefings here in Nashville um, by Mayor Cooper, and he had on uh, several different people. And one of the gentlemen that was talking about viruses and stuff said, you know, it is a known fact that the coronavirus stems from bats. SARS virus, um, there has, we don't hear much about it now, but just what, a mm -hmm. couple of years ago, it was the hot virus topic. And he said right. that Sure as you know, there is an animal out there that still harbors the SARS virus. And again, someday it will make its way from the animal to the human population. So we have to be still prepared for that. And then some say the coronavirus is just a different strain of the SARS virus, which is because it comes from an mm -hmm. animal. Wow. A lot of connections. Well, and it's and really, it gets to be a lot of scary stuff. Um, right. Because, you know, these guys are, are rich beyond most of our wildest dreams. Um, now, Bill Gates and his wife, her name escapes me. Melinda? Yeah. Um, they have a foundation and what they delve in are vaccines and things. And they go to um, these impoverished po countries to get kids vaccinated. And, and so disease has dropped. I forget what percentage he said worldwide because of the contributions that his foundation has made. But then when you hear him talk about, you know, how vaccines can be used for population control. And that's all it can mean because he says we can reduce this by 10 to 15%. And that conversation was fully about the 9 billion people worldwide. They're talking about the population being. Hmm. Well, you know, some would say that this is a more modern take on something they've already been doing to people of color uh, in the past to reduce the population of Black individuals back in a time where uh, racial tension was beyond what you can even fathom it is to be now. Um, so I, that is really a double on that conversation uh, when you talk about population control because they'll say that I, I say they as in people who uh, agree that that's what's being done is population control that it started I mean years and years ago with the black population because they didn't want to produce anymore um, or try to keep them under control which is so ironic because you know they used to I hate saying this. They used to quote unquote breed breed black people because they wanted more slaves for the for the plantations, 
But they also, in the same sense, did population control because they didn't want it want anymore. <laughs> so that's very ironic. Um, but some would say it's a very much so modern because now you've moved on past one particular race and now you need to reduce the population as a whole. Well, and so, you know, Bill Gates and uh, I forget Soros's first name, George Soros, um, mm-hmm. apparently are both delving very heavily into the vaccine issue. Um, Bill Gates is even talking about out uh, in regards to the World Health Organization. You know, Trump has halted funding to the World Health Organization. Um, because he does not believe they're giving accurate um, information, um, that the people that are running it are very biased and not, they don't have the general public's interest first and foremost. So I've not done right. a lot with the World Health Organization other than to know that um, Bill Gates and Trump are at different spectrums um, on how they feel about the World Health Organization. Um, some people, and a little bit of the research, um, I've yet to um, negate it, but um, it seems that the World Health Organization helped to suppress China's numbers when the virus first started. There's also been some uh, talks on some manipulation of numbers um, from a few states, particularly Georgia, from what I've been hearing in the news recently, um, is that some numbers are being forged to make it seem better than it really is, or they're not adding up, something along those lines. Well, a lot of hospitals, this is where greed kicks in and and it it festers distrust because I do not trust the numbers that are coming out Um, because they get, what was it? They got, for each coronavirus death, they got $1,000 from whatever organization or federal fund and if that patient had been on a ventilator, they got $3,000. Mm. If I'm correct, that would... Okay, so I know exactly what you're talking about. So, specifically Medicare, um, I think that number was 13000 And then if they were on the ventilator, it went up like another five grand. if I'm correct. Because um, it was pretty, it's a pretty high number. I know from the Medicare side, I don't know if any other organizations, but the multiple reports I saw from the Medicare side was 13,000 if they were deemed, you know, based off. So now, do you go back? Is that greed on the hospital's part or is it a necessity? And I say that because with this shutdown, they have il- they have halted all elective surgeries. Well, that's bread and mm. butter for a hospital. Right. They don't make a killing off of just your everyday ordinary insurance claim, um, and it's very and it's very expensive when you've got somebody on a ventilator for over a week or so, 
And then we find out that the ventilators are not the best therapy for coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Yet China was all too happy to send us a whole bunch of ventilators. But they find that oxygen therapy actually helps strengthen the lungs better than the ventilator. So are the hospitals they're you know, they're not doing anything illegal per se, but I think they're cooking their books. Um, they're well, I, hospital. What one thing I learned from a particular industry I worked in one time is that hospital is are definitely oh yeah. Business. So, I definitely believe there's probably some crookedness going on there for the money part. But the sad part is, is that a good percentage of the doctors are not reaping the benefits. They're just as You've got a lot of them who are pretty much against what's going on, and they're like, it doesn't make sense as a physician. Obviously, you have your bad seeds out there who are just like, you know what? Hospitals telling me to do this. I get paid for it. That's what I'm going to do. But a good chunk of them are like, this isn't making sense medically or logically. And so they're in a very... very Exactly. And Candace Owens... Um, one of the episodes that I saw with her out talking was she talks about how the hospitals are taking advantage. Um, and I want to say the interview that I listened to, um, a lady talking was, I want to say she was in Georgia. I don't think it was in the Atlanta area, but I believe it was Georgia. I could be wrong. Um, but she had her mother, I think it was who died of lupus, but the hospital's current process is irregardless. The number one reason is COVID-19 and the secondary Mm -hmm. is lupus. That way they collect on the COVID-19. And the lady was, she was so mad because she said that, that tells me that the numbers aren't right. We're inflating the numbers and even with the inflated numbers we're nowhere near what their predictions were this is not as catastrophic as they said except for new york and michigan right and we definitely talked about when this first started that the flu kills way more people than you know, what was being sought out at the time. I don't know. I haven't, I will say I haven't been paying attention to the numbers as much, but at that time we were discussing numbers. Influenza was still top tier of, um, of deaths compared to what Yeah, we and, and COVID, this COVID-19 is, um, it has it not exceeded or it's not even near what they were predicting. Um, one of the things, um, When we talk about the lockdown, here's why I don't think everything should have been locked down. Here is my reasoning behind all of that. Because we are not looking to eradicate it by locking down. We are not looking at um, less people catching it. 
what we are trying to do by flattening the curve is to simply keep it low enough that we do not overrun our hospitals like has happened in New York. That's what killed a lot of people in New York. There just was not enough healthcare workers. There was not enough equipment. Um, to take care of that many people at one time. And it makes sense because if you'll remember in China, what did they do? Build that hospital in 10 days? Wow. Oh, they built several hospitals, but it was all over the news how they, I guess this one hospital they decided to track. They built an entire hospital and from the day they started until they had it operational was 10 days. And that's because their hospitals were overrun. So when we say lockdown, I just don't think that that should have been. I think we should have educated our population better with what we knew. And we didn't know a hell of a lot because look how much they've come back and changed. You know, now they're saying that it doesn't even live on a surface long enough for you to catch it. Okay, what, just two months ago, oh my gosh, it lives for 10 days on a metal surface, something like that. So I think that had we educated our people and instead of going into total lockdown, go into limited people in the facility, send your restaurants to the takeout and delivery, give them a few days to get prepped for it. Um, Right. You know, I still was okay with the initial lockdown just because when we really got heightened to its seriousness, the conversation was about the spread. And so there were charts and tracking of, look how many people you came into contact at an airport in Italy. Where did those hundred people travel to? They traveled to 17 different countries. Okay, those 17 different countries, you know, look at the spread rate that those people took with them. And so I think that initially, I, 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 I will say I was still okay with it just because that's okay, what we were looking that, at at first. And but I think that's, that's a separate, important. that's a whole sep- a travel ban I wasn't, I don't have a problem with. We don't have to travel country to country. I'm talking about our local lockdown. Um, We closed hair salons. We closed everything. Yeah. We have the highest unemployment rate that we have ever had. And I may even have already exceeded the Great Depression. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some serious economic Well, and and you have all these politicians. Now here's where I get on my soapbox about politics. You have all these politicians <laughs> dictating and telling people that they can't work, they can't this, arresting people for opening their business and taking the precautions. Yep. Um, I'm sure you read about the lady or or saw the news thing, um, the salon owner in Dallas. She refused Mm -hmm, to close her business. She wasn't mean. She Mm -hmm. wasn't nasty. She said, she told them and she told the judge, if you think that my feeding my children 
takes precedence over your law, then do what you have to do. But I'm going to feed my children. My other salon hairdressers, what salon workers, they've got to feed their families too. We're checking temperatures when people come in. We've altered our hours so that we don't have as many people in at one time. I mean, she did, was doing all the right things. And if I choose to visit that establishment, that is my right. I need to take whatever precaution. And I'm in a high risk group because of having been fighting diabetes. And I, you know, depending on the month, I'm either in line or I'm out of, you know, out of bounds. And diabetes is one of the things that um, the coronavirus preys on because it affects your blood and your lungs. So if I choose to go, that's on me. It's not on her. She's doing what she can do. If I have a temperature, she's not going to let me in. And I take that on myself. Now, we all know I've taken it upon myself that we have pretty much been self-isolated since they put us at home to work from home at my job. My girls work from home. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a toddler in the house. We've taken all the precautions, but my husband is an essential worker. He has gone to work every week. He had two people um, that work the same desk as he does. He works in security. Um, One person came down with Corona. They took him out and then his boss, who also worked on the same desk during the same shift, they put him in a 14-day isolation. Now, this is the most I've done this whole time. That night when my husband got home, I made him take off his uniform and everything, and I put it in the washer and sanitized it. Just that Mm -hmm. one night, because they're already taking the other precautions of wiping the desk down when you come on shift, you wipe it down when you go off shift. So it's wiped down twice before the shift change. Right. You know, I have gotten, um, and I've always kind of been paying attention to these things, but there's a level of... um, of of life cycle people should pay attention to. I mean, think about what was going on before this began. How you were living, how we were living, I should say. How we maintain our hygiene, which it should always be up to par, but I'm just saying. Um, And so there's that level of fear that I tried very hard not to sink into because it will... it'll keep you from things or keep you from realizing things and research wise that you should be paying attention to, because this could really happen with any other thing. Well, I was going to say, why aren't we doing this for the normal flu season? Right. Correct. So I tried very hard not to get into that fear group of, you know, it, it eradicating, you know, every part of your life. Um, even though it was serious, don't get me wrong. I got a, I got a baby at the house, you know, definitely had to be a little bit cautious. Yep. He has a growing immune system. Um, but 
you know, I thought about what life was going, what was happening prior to this. I thought about, you know, medically understanding how immune system and germs and bacteria and viruses work because you come into contact with them every day. They are in the air. They are on your hands. They are in your car. Oh, my God, they are. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's it's not something that's like a flesh eating bacteria. It's not happening at that exponential rate and killing you at that moment. You know, so that's what I tried to remain and I thought was very important. I obviously was still taking precautions, but that was what set me apart from some other people in regards to this. Um, because, it, I mean, it changed a lot of things. Like you said, you have that right to want to be, you know, visit a business or go out wherever. I definitely think that once we started getting into some issues like the law enforcement getting involved in arresting people for opening their businesses um, and the dramatic, you know, the reality is the government just up and made money because the, the economy was getting ready to take um at a at a crazy level. So I do think it could have been handled differently. Slightly, well, like I think slightly. the education on the front um, end, but that's where that's where the government, you know, we're we are treading very thin ice with our government right now. Oh yes. The, so uh, we say education with the government, but I mean they didn't. Do, they well, didn't that's do my right point because them. they don't want to educate you. They want to. They want you to be in fear, and I believe that because had that not been the case, to perpetuate panic and fear, there would have been a stronger education. I, you know what? I see ten times a day. Wash your hands. Okay. Well. Right. And the reality of it is, is that's not great for you. You should be washing your hands, but the overwashing is not good for you, your immune system, the over alcohol exposure to your your dermis level of your skin, that that repetitive repetitive <laughs> that repetitiveness is actually an issue. You should be doing them, but at a level that is safe. Well, and not and and all we're doing, I in my opinion. And based on t- statistics, we are prolonging the inevitable. People are going to get sick. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some people are going to die. It's not something that we want to happen, but we know based on history, that's part of the life cycle. If you are in a high-risk group, like, you know what? I mean, in the beginning, I had to tell my youngest one, you know what? Because she was thinking, this is party time. I'm going to lunch with so-and-so and so-and-so. And I said, do you think that your company has you working from home under the pretense that you're just going to go and still do what you want to do? And you have a child. You right. have got to think about what it means to your child, not to mention your father and I. And so after, and it took 
a, a few conversations before she went, <laughs> okay, I kind of see what you're saying. It's not, it's not about me getting it or not getting it as much as it is giving it to you or to the baby. I said, bingo. I said, because if you catch it and you're out gallivanting around, yes, ain't coming home. You're going to find out where you got it or who else <laughs> right. has got it. And you're going to go stay with them because I don't want to take that chance. We're not going through these precautions of doing, you know, very little going into the grocery store. I do pick up. Um, I go maybe once a month to Walmart. Now she's younger. She's in the less viable age group. She'll take a list and go do Wally World shopping. But we're, we're not going out to eat. We're using drive, you know, curbside and pickup and drive-throughs. Um, right. the, bless the baby's right. heart. He's only been out of the house maybe six times. And when I say out of the house, here's the other thing. People are like, I can't leave my house. Well, I take the baby out, or you know, every day for an hour or two weather provided you can be in your yeah. backyard you can go sit on your balcony or your patio just stay six feet away from your neighbors but you've got these people i haven't been out of the house in weeks <laughs> you yeah i i do think the people who were itching to get back to the bars are clowns sure and they were out there when they opened Oh, they were out there sitting, diming, laughing. Now, listen, uh, you know, I'm not against some things, but I wouldn't, I'm not in the rush to be. But see, that's self-preservation. If those yahoos want to be that dumb to go back out there and, and tempt fate, Listen, some of them were protesting. <laughs> Out of all things to protest for, they were protesting because they wanted to go back to the bars. Well, see, I protested not necessarily for them. To, to me, it's their right. I, it's not up to me to tell them how to live their life. And, you know, I, I live by this a lot. It's not my place to judge what you do with your life. If you're not hurting someone else, then you have every right. Now, once you go out and you're doing that, now you've got some other responsibilities and that's where the education needs to come in. Hey, if you want to go out and you want to visit your favorite restaurant or bar, that's fine. But now you need to make sure you stay away from other people till you're sure you don't contract it. I think <sighs> slight transition. What kills me about this now is the idiocracy coming from career politicians and people who don't have a clue about everyday real life. Have you seen some of these guidelines yep. for these kids? And they've not and can I also say oh, they've not given God. up one penny of their salary, but they put thousands and thousands of people out of work. That's that's atrocious to me, Brandon. 
People are out of, I mean, we're mm-hmm. out of work and losing jobs fast. And then you have people who don't think that un- unemployment is fair. They think that people are collecting a higher amount of unemployment. Than what well, and you know what? I actually had this very conversation last Saturday with someone. I was at a, I was, I was out at a community um, project for, um, because we do a community garden at my church. And because of all this, we're very late in putting stuff out. Um, but we've practiced social distancing. Uh, there's not been a huge number of people there at any one time. And we've pretty much kept our, our distance. Pretty much everybody has been self-isolated anyway. So this was the main contact that they've had. Um, but somebody is an essential worker and, and said that they've got employees, you know, that took off because they didn't feel comfortable and they're making more money than the people that stayed and worked. Now the ones that have stayed and worked don't want to stay. And these guys don't want to go back to work. I wonder how that's possible because, you know, if, well, okay. If they were furloughed, but if you were given that option, if the company gave you the option to be off for your safety, I don't think they should have been able to. Well, because of the unique situation, it apparently qualified them for it. Wow. Now, I think that would be an issue. I, to me personally, you would have to have have a legit like the company furloughed you or tossed you out completely. But I know companies like, if I'm correct, Target gave their employees an option of if you'd like to take, you know, a three-week period or however long that they gave to be off for your safety, and they would pay you your same pay rate. But I definitely think that's horrible. I, I think that those people would have a right to be upset if for some reason, they just said, well, I don't want to come to work for my safety, and I'm going to claim unemployment and make more than my people who are risking themselves. Well, that's just like um, in the new stimulus package, I understand one of the things was to um, give some sort of hazard pay to essential workers. I agree with that. If if they were out there, um, they should get now, a significant amount of companies, I will say, did opt yes. for hazard pay for their employees. I don't think I don't think enough of them did, but your companies who are paying attention did the right yeah, thing. Yeah, some of your big corporations who could afford it, but when you get to your middle or your mom and pop shops, things like that, where they couldn't afford to. Um, I think that this is a good benefit. One of the things that I know that the stimulus package stated that they could get loans, a certain kind of loan to pay their employees during this time, as long as they brought those employees Mm -hmm. back afterwards and put them back to work, then they got like very little or no interest on those loans. Mm-hmm. They were. Um, it was something like that. Loans. Yeah. 
Yeah, those for- forgivable loans. Yeah, some people, some some companies did some shisty work with those forgivable loans. There was a hospitality company I had heard that had many different um, companies quoted, like different hotel names and brands or whatever under their one company name. So they had, they ended up getting like a hundred plus of those forgivable loans. Oh. All initially under one major hospitality company, but because they had separate filings for each of the hotels or properties they had underneath, so that was there's a there's a lot of a lot of interesting things to go with those forgivable loans that people are paying attention to uh, if they are used correctly. Or well, and that's where case. I think that you know agree with agree with the package, disagree with the package. Um, that's something they can visit after the fact to fix in the future. It, it gets us ready for the next. If you think this is the only pandemic we're ever going to have, you, it, it's just a matter Correct. of when. <laughs> you know, 10 years from now. We're... Right. We've already talked about the few that we've already been through or we've seen, you know, at least in my 26 years, you know. So this ain't the only one. We'll see another one. And. We'll be able to talk about this one in a few years. (laughs) But we should be more prepared. And I think that's where our government drops the ball too many of the times. Um, We've got to make sure that we're prepared so that it's not, I mean, you know what? A lot of companies were no work from home. No, you can't. No, you can't. And I think that this has changed the diversity of the company's setting out there. I don't think you're going to have the traditional you have to be here from now on. I think. You know, I'm very interested to see how that goes, especially for the company that you work for, me formerly, because we had brought that up recently prior to coronavirus Uh pandemic beginning. And they were so against it yep. as if it was the worst thing that ever happened. And you were put in a position where you did not have a choice. So how will you maintain your company going forward? I'm very interested to see how, you know, what companies do. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just very curious at that because that always perplexed me for some positions and some organizations where you could be uh, working remotely and they just are so against it. I'm just like, I don't understand. Well, you know, they've got us, we're going to be working from home until the 1st of September now. Um, Yep. A lot of companies have pushed to September. Some of them have already canceled the year. I think Cigna Healthcare announced that they are just go ahead and done for the year. They're just going to have the employees working from home. Well, I'm hoping, you know, that they extend some of ours and do some permanent work from home because it sure alleviates that nasty commute that I have to make. <laughs> oh, I understand. Huh. Leave the I can't leave my cows and chickens. <laughs> um, but now this, you know, <laughs> brings us to another topic that people have brought up in conjunction with all this coronavirus and you know we had uh, Ramona on in the past she talked about convention of states 
um, convention of states was very instrumental in pushing for opening a lot of these places. Um, they also helped get the salon owner released from jail. She was supposed to be in there for seven days, I think it was. Was it seven days? And a seven, yeah, mm -hmm. and a seven thousand yeah, dollar fine. Um, but they did protest down there. Um, it just the judge wanted her. I, I don't know if you saw the the clip where her and the judge were having the exchange. He wanted her to apologize. It it wasn't about. Um, you've put people in danger and this person is sick and that person is sick. It was about apologizing for disregard of his rule and the law. Right. Yeah. That, that's what kills me. That's what kills me about a lot of judges in the criminal justice system, because you have to remove your personal wants out of things like that because I'm not here to apologize for you or your family you know or you know like you said is it a proven like well this is what you cause this is what you cause you didn't have none of that you had a personal ultimatum and that's what you wanted to make an, someone out, an example out of and that will always exactly. it was a, it was a kiss my butt so that the world because at this point he had to know they were going to be on a national stage and I don't even I, I, right. there's a little bit of me that goes you know what he may have perpetuated it just for that reason you've got clip after clip there was a guy in uh, Colorado he, his wife, and his six-year-old were out in the park playing t-ball. No one else around them. They were far from within the social distancing stuff. But the police arrested him in front of his child for violating the stay-at-home rule. And these are mandates that the government mm -hmm. is putting in place. They don't have a right to tell us that. These aren't these aren't laws that you can implement without implementing martial law. And so people don't understand these are steps towards more elimination of your individual rights. Because look. Right. Now, one thing that kills me is those, those pop up out of anywhere laws. You know, to me, just based off what I've seen, I mean, you you could cough on a twig and they'll you could have a law against you and you violate hey, the I law had, and it's a problem and can be arrested for it. It's oh, I'm with you because I had friends who were um, Jacqueline uh, Governor Lee saying he wasn't being tough enough because he did not mandate a stay-at-home order. It was a safer-at-home mandate. No, he just needs to close it all down. Well, that's great coming from people who... My family was... We're okay. 
you know, my husband and I are older. We have three adult children that are in college and things. So things can be tight, but we're by no means having issues. I mean, this was something we could weather. What about these people, young people, even your age, your job is at the bar, you're waiting tables because you're going to school during the day. Now, how do you pay for that? How do you right. pay for your hotel or your apartment? Um, I know another couple. Um, he fortunately is working from home. Her, she was in a salon that's been closed down and hasn't gotten any unemployment yet. Well, you know, when you live in Nashville, yeah, rent's not cheap. One salary makes it, it very okay. difficult. And so people with respect and pride, yes. they don't want to have to go to their landlords and say, hey, I can't make the rent. I So I think that it should have been left up yep. to the individuals. You know, what? are there some people going to be out there working when they really probably shouldn't? And that's when I say, you know what? There are lots of jobs that you can go find right now. Our company was hiring people temporarily to offset that. We know you're going to want to go back to your job, but we'll hire you for 90 days. And we had quite a few people take us, you know, take them up on it. Mm. People sitting at home. I also say, right. you know what, if you're not in the high risk, Kroger, Walmart, all these publics, all of them struggled in the beginning to have people come in and stock. You didn't even have to be around a lot of people. Oh, yeah, that as well. I, I definitely think resources could have been allocated differently if people thought. <laughs> if organizations thought on their own. Uh, instead of waiting for quote unquote CDC guidelines and CDC partnering with World Health Organization, you know, it, I, I think resources could have been allocated much differently for a better outcome uh, for some things, not all. But I mean, that's where we Will, are. Will, have you heard of Agenda 21? Well, let me tell you what the definition of Agenda 21 is, because this pops up all the time with the World Health Organization and this New World Order, Bill Gates, vaccines and all that. Agenda 21 mm -hmm. is a UN, the United Nations, non-binding action plan with mm -hmm. regard to sustainable development. That okay. meaning a hundred and seventy eight countries were in the UN in nineteen ninety one, and they came up with this plan. And let's get the definition of sustainable. Yep. Almost like men. Development. 
And the definition is the organizing principle for meeting human development goals while simultaneously sustaining the ability of natural systems to provide the natural resources and ecosystem services based upon which the economy and society depend. I had no clue where all this global warming battle came from. Well, it came from this. Um, I mean, that's where it started. Um, it has two objectives. It, it was for all local governments should draw their own local development goals from now up to 2030. That's a long time from now. <laughs> But um, with Agenda 21, it's got two kind of principles. Um, one is to combat environmental damage, poverty, disease through global cooperation and, and common interests, mutual needs and shared responsibilities. Um, the second part of that... is everything always gives you the first one but this happened in um rio <laughs> it was a meeting of whatever in rio de janeiro and all of these countries went in and bought into this and when they asked to see who signed off on it, it was not done as a signature thing. It was done as a, you know, raise your hand type of thing. Um, so they don't know exactly who all was there. And we all know that's a crock of crap anyway. They always take role. They always know who's at those UN meetings. Um, so that right there makes you go, hmm. But it is a whole huge write-up of what these guys agreed on to do. Part of, you know, when you talk about the vaccines and stuff, um, there is talk that part of it is a way of controlling some of that. I, I am, the research and stuff that I have read is that a lot of climate change is brought on by mother nature herself humans do have a footprint in it but it is not nearly the footprint that we are led to believe um the that. earth changes on its axis and i read something here because you know they're always saying the arctic is shrinking and the glaciers are shrinking um but what they don't, the other piece of that is, yes, they're shrinking here, but it's growing over here. So we're not mm. getting viable information with regards to this either. Um, and I wonder how much of this is about population control too. Well, 
have to do some more inspection. Yeah, and a lot yeah, of your conspiracy like theorists um, point to Agenda 21 <laughs> as being another way for the government to try to shrink freedoms and take more control. Mm. <laughs> All right. We will have to come back to that. But yeah, and I bring it up because, like I said, a lot, it's been on Facebook quite a bit. Um, Who was there? They do say in 1992, Clinton actually put together uh, their program and started writing up what their um, Agenda 21 would be. Well, this happened in um, 91, I believe, is when the meeting was. And that's what everybody was charged with going back to your local Mm -hmm. governments and start working on drawing this up with your goals and stuff. And it was to go from now and your plan goes all the way through 2030. There's my thing. We've got so many Uh, countries that are impoverished and just so much more we can do. You know, it's that other, that proverbial um, teach a man how to give a man a fish he'll eat for a day. Teach him how to fish he'll eat for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Correct. I hear you. Well, Phew, and I got Looks a whole like lot of that out to today. <laughs> Listen, I'm so glad you could lift that off your chest. Well, and you know like what? I would like to up. hear people, what their opinions of these things are, what research that they've got, what data that they've got. There is so much on the internet. There is only so much that I can find in a week, a day, in a month. Right. And and some legitimate sources at that, because siphoning through some of these people who just decide to write an op-ed and think it's valuable. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? Here at The Real Solution, we want to hear facts, data. What gives us, what gets us to that point? Right. Share what your thoughts are and bring me exactly. And you know what? We would even love to put you on air with us to to have some of those discussions. If you've got some data and stuff, we would love to hear from you and give you that that time on the platform to tell us what you found. Absolutely. Um, guys, definitely make sure if you're listening, reach out to us via all of our social media platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Solution Pod. Now, remember, unfortunately, I have nothing to do with the Twitter. <laughs> I don't know what she's doing over there, but <laughs> and I sure have been tweeting all the Twitter power, and I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate to check it. <laughs> Uh, but of course, Facebook, Instagram, the Real Solution Podcast. You can DM us, comment, whatever you want to. Find a way to get it to us. You know, I'm even on LinkedIn sharing. You might even get a date out of it. I'm also on LinkedIn sharing. 
see I was waiting on it. I'm sharing some of the podcast episodes because you'd be surprised how much of this conversation actually applies to the business world. And, and we've gone international, which is well. another good Excuse reason me. to talk about uh, some of so these national things. International. We have, we, we have several countries checking out the Resolution Podcast. So I'm super excited about them. We've got some over in Africa. We've got some over in Europe. Um, so this is awesome, and we want to hear from you guys and let us know how things are being affected in your areas, and so that we can continue to have these conversations. And that's make our the world goal: educate the world. Podcast episode at a time. <laughs> educate the world. Well, listen. Thank you so much, my dear. This has been a great. Great conversation regarding the current status of coronavirus and some conspiracy theories. Very glad we got to do this today. And I know, don't you just love a good conspiracy? Oh, I love to talk about the UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we're going to take you out. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, folks. Never. Well, listen, guys, check us out at the website as well, www.therealsolutionpodcast.com. Email us, tweet us, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you have to do. We just want to hear from you. And we will see you next time on another episode of The 